0: This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. I'm Phil Kirkbride and today joined by Adam Jones, Paul Wheelock and Gavin Buckland. As we look back on a first away win of the season, the Blues fighting back after being pegged back to win 2-1 with an absolute stunner from Gilfie Sigurdsson. So we will be Looking back at the King Power Stadium victory uh, and also the international breaks gives us an opportunity to reflect on how things are going at a wider perspective. Eight league games in now with Marco, how we think we've fared, and what do the next eight games hold in store? Plus, we'll be discussing Richarlison finally playing as a number nine, and what does this mean for Everton's other strikers, plus a variety of other things, including a little bit of controversy over Bernard's assist. Chaps, uh, welcome back. Um, Adam. You at the King Power on Saturday for mm-hmm. us. There really isn't any better feeling, is that, than a win away from home with a late goal and a goal of the, of that style.
1: Oh, no, it, it's been such a long time coming as well. Like last away win was against Huddersfield back in April, wasn't it? And like I think he alluded to it in part of my analysis. There's such a different feel to the club since that, even that performance. You know, like it was quite a comfortable 2-0 win on that day, but like the, the atmosphere in that stadium was so so vitriolic almost towards the manager and the coaching staff that like it, it just didn't really even feel like a win this one felt so different and so much more promising and as you say like I could talk about Gilfie Sigurdsson's goal like all day genuinely I think I genuinely think that's the best goal I've ever seen live I really really do that 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 little that little Cruyff turn on Madison is just absolutely incredible and then he's he like it, it's not even. He doesn't even lace the ball into the top corner. He like he like finesses it in, like with the size of his foot. He just strokes it into the top corner. He, he he looks up and goes, "Race, it's going, it's going there." Keeper's not stopping it, and you know that's that's the kind of quality that we brought Gilfie Sigurdsson into the club for. At the end of the day, and you know finally, Marco Silva's playing him in his right position. Although obviously that came from when he was dragged a bit further back, wasn't he, into that centre mid position, but. You know, it, it, it's so it's so much nicer to see him playing with so much more confidence, so much more freedom to do that kind of thing. So yeah, all in all, really good feeling to get that win under the belt.
0: Paul, well, how important was it for Everton to get a victory and, and play as well as as they did, given the League Cup issues, if you like, uh, in midweek and the fact that Marco had, you know, much to the... Be- Anger and disappointment of Evertonians had made those changes, and, and, and another League Cup campaign has gone by. So, how important was it for for him almost to come away with three points? I'd, I'd say it
2: was massively. In the he, you, again, at the moment, you have to put it into context. It's a very early stage of the season. He's he's only into the uh, initial steps of a, what is a rebuilding job, isn't it? Again, but there's no question he, he made a bit of a misstep last week against Southampton in the the League Cup by making so many changes. If we if we would have won that that night we wouldn't be talking like this now. But it did add that little bit of pressure I thought going into the to the Leicester game. Uh, and it just felt if we would have if we would have lost on Saturday at Leicester, it would have been a long two weeks into the international break. And then people start to begin to question, you know, things, you know, uh, probably start to question the manager a little bit, even at this very ridiculously early stage. So to actually go there and win was the most important thing. But to do it in the style that Everton did it in was made it all the more impressive for me.
0: Gav, our away record is pretty wretched and obviously that was the first away win of the season and I think it's only the fourth or fifth since the start of the previous season. We've touched on this in the podcast before. Do you feel where we're at under Silver and with this team and this squad, ironically, we're actually better suited away from home at the minute or do you disagree with that and actually think that Goodison should be a stronghold even at this early stage of the Silver reign?
3: I think if you've got pace up front think doesn't necessarily mean that you're better away from home but at home. It just makes you a more more threatening team on the road. And the, you saw that on uh, you saw that on on Saturday. You also saw that the goal we can see that if they've got pace up front then <laughs> mm-hmm. you can get yeah. get caught out yourself yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. Um, I think it's we're gonna have a bit more of a threat, I think, than what we have done over since really look at Lukaku and Barkley, that sort of 14, 15 around that time. Um, I think we, we, we that gives us that edge, you think, that we haven't had previously. It's been reflected in our record. I mean, mo- most teams our way from home have, what, 40%, something like that, and we had a bit more on Saturday. 40%, but when you've got the ball, you're far more dangerous with that 40% of the ball. And I think that pace up front gives us that uh, capability.
0: So, is that the difference in Gav to stay with the point that? Is that the difference between what we have now and what we didn't have last season and to an extent the season before, even though Ron was around, I guess? Pace?
3: Yeah, pace. I mean, I think there are times when you've won a big striker up front as well to hold the ball, and maybe against the bigger teams. But I certainly think uh, against our peers and, and not over the top six there and teams on the table, I think you've got pace up front, doesn't that make a difference? It makes your, uh, gives you far more options, I think. And, and you saw that on Saturday. The first 20 minutes on Saturday, I thought we were... Superb. Mm. No, it wasn't just pace. I mean, pace, it, it, pace is. I want mean, to say pace. Pace just just gives you pace, doesn't it? You got it. You got to run and. I think, I think, and I think it's I think it's energy them. as well, yeah, isn't yeah, it?
1: Yeah. It was the speed of thought and quality on yeah. the ball, especially from the likes of Sigurdsson and Bernard. You know the way they can instantly assess the situation in front of them yeah. and pick the right pass or make the right make the right dribble. Like we haven't really seen that for the last yeah, couple of seasons. Yeah,
3: and that was that was noticeable the first half, especially is the angles we were finding players in. You know, getting you know. Getting between, you know, playing between the lines and playing the ball behind the defender for for a forward to run into, and we've not really seen that from us for a while. Ironically enough, my reflections on Saturday are, is, and this is every silver liner as a cloud is. Theo, Theo's got plenty of pace, but I think sometimes it, his decision making, even now for somebody who's been in England, International last for a decade and, and stuff is not. And huge experience in the Premier League is not at a level I think that you would expect it to be. Is it, it's that,
1: the criticism they used to get at Arsenal, yeah, not it?
3: Yeah, that there was two, there was two occasions in the first half. Nick Bonson did he should have played Tottenham in the second half. So, I can't remember. Yeah, two occasions in the first half where he had the better option, and he to pass to a forward in space, mm-hmm. and he he uh, he didn't, and, mm. and I think he got T- he took on a shot on, on one point. Else. I think yeah, yeah. took a shot off, and I think you know. Theo uh, needs to up his game a little bit at the moment, especially as but, but started the season well though. Yeah, yes. He I, I, I'm not totally convinced. Okay. Seriously, I don't know. I, I, th- I think he's totally maybe convinced. he's he's
1: maybe suffering a bit from everyone else's good form around them.
3: But that's only that's only shone the microscope on him now, hasn't it? Really, yeah. and you would hope that he looks at that and thinking he needs something need game here because we've spoken before about we have got a few options up front. Now, which we haven't.
0: So you are saying there's an opportunity for Luckman? that it's not the, as
3: cut and dry. No, I I I don't I don't say when I say, Oh, we have we got a great front three or front four now and Theo's name is mentioned permanently in that that group of players. I don't think we should take that as a given. Interesting one. Mm. Because I know with Arsenal, he kinda of
2: like flitted between that centre forward, didn't he, and the right wing. And I, I'm with you, Gavin away. I don't know if he's like one an inverted winger. I think he's either a winger or a forward. I don't know whether he can do that job say see like what Bernard looked like he did on Saturday, you know, by drifting inside and getting involved in the play probably on the, on the opposite side of think. I just think he gives us something different with Walcott, that kind of explosion of pace away. And he's a good finisher as well. But I, I do actually agree. I think he, he's had a pretty decent season, but I just get the feeling there's, there's more to come there's from more, him. Yeah, I, I, th- I agree. I, just, I, agree
1: I just think what's interesting to me, especially if you're going to be playing Richarlison up front, obviously we saw a lot at the weekend that he was running into the channels a lot, creating a lot of space in behind. I think Sigurdsson was running up and filling that space a lot. But I'd like to see Walcott come into the middle and fill that that central space because he's wanted to play as a striker throughout most of his career anyway. Yeah. He's proven some great finishing ability so far this season, you know, goal against Bournemouth, goal against Southampton. Thought they were two really class finishes from pretty central positions.
3: I'm not saying he should do it. All. What I'm saying is that I don't think we should take it as a given that he's an automatic selection in the team mm. given some of the options we've got available he's to us at the moment. Africa, Gavin, in terms you of like something- doing that, don't you? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's something that Marco
0: had said um, either before or after the League Cup game in terms of when you have describing the difference that uh, Richardson, when he played on the left in Walcott, he said they're quick players. They've got pace ways. Bernard and Luckman playing between the lines. So, clearly... Can you? Well, sorry, not clearly. Can you play Luckman and Bernard in the Premier League, and for that to be effective, or do you have to have the option of pace on one side to to offer that variety? At least one pacey player. Well,
3: yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So what well, I'm saying the is, Luck-
0: there might be an opportunity for Luckman, but actually, he's actually maybe not quick enough for Marco to play every week. Yeah, at this yeah, stage. exactly.
3: You make at home, you may want to say we need a bit more uh, intelligence around the opposition box, but I just. Theo to me is just something something missing like on this game for the player of his ability and experience and his decision making on the ball is not, not as good as what it should be. But we've got options, haven't we? And that's mm-hmm. a good thing to be talking about. And I mean and I think I do like what Adam's saying there, you know, Theo is still an option up up top, isn't he? Yeah. On yeah. occasions. Mm-hmm. Um and we've not really tested that. But I think the first twenty minutes and we were we were excellent. On Saturday, I thought, uh, and also, it was good to see that we took the game by the scruff of the neck when yeah. uh, Morgan got sent off, <laughs> and we ended up with, what, five foot forwards on the on the pitches, Not which is really. one want, want to see, don't you? You, want, you don't want to see a safety first. Yeah, happy with the one-all here. You want We went for the jugular a little bit, which was good to see. Mm-hmm.
0: Paul, speaking of forwards, and if we're adding Walcott to the list of potential striking options, it's bad news for... Tosin, Calvert-Lewin in the ass, isn't it? Because Richarlison played as the number nine on Saturday um, and it looked pretty good. He, he put in a really good performance, didn't he? Um, do you think that now that has to stay and has to remain until Silver sees a performance that suggests otherwise?
2: I think the gauntlet's well and truly been thrown down to Tosin now, hasn't it? I think a, a lot of the were hoping that Richarlison would get a, a go up front and obviously it proved to be a, a tactic worthwhile. It's it, The most damning thing is before the the Leicester game, I couldn't name our best forward. You know, I I think it's Tosin, but in terms of form, couldn't really pick one. I don't think Nias is is probably good enough to, to lead the line, but he, he is a decent option off the bench at, at times when he's chasing lost causes. Calvert-Lewin's a work in progress. I've got no problem with that at all, but Tosin's the one that I thought he had to be taken out of the team in a way. I think we had to have a go with Richarlison. Uh, and I, what I was really delighted about on Saturday, and you guys have been talking about it there, is the fact that we kind of like... Uh, flip between the lines didn't we to positions change because for so many years we've kind of played this 4-2-3-1 formation and variation yeah. but it's always been one striker up front hasn't it with kind of players around it when you, you look across the park Can
0: give you that though oh, that's, that's what I'm thinking as you're saying that I'm thinking to myself Tosun really good finish in the box give him service usually he will provide I'm thinking I couldn't see him in that team on Saturday. I've no. had the same response and outcome.
2: No, I think I think you're spot on, mate. It's it's what I was worried about him earlier this season is I just don't think he gives us enough movement up there. You know, if he's not scoring goals, which we all know at the back end of last season that yeah. he gets off a chance, he can put it it's away, didn't he? You know, he was he was he was on rations, wasn't he, under Allardyce? But this season when I've been watching him, he's just not stretched defences, you know, or you know, Bullied defenders, and and that's what's disappointed me a bit about him this season. He might be just going through a rough spell, to be fair. Yeah. And you know, I'm certainly not you know writing him off, but I was just glad to see that he experimented with Richarlison on Saturday. And fingers crossed, it's, it's something he goes with again.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah so you look like you were keen to try and make a point there.
3: No, I was going. I was going to say. I, I think fourth, I said before four three three with Toes and I think would would choose him because he has two wingers to supply him. Mm. I don't think he's. I don't think four two three one. As you saw him last season, he's isolated up front. So I think he, he's, there's still a role for him to play in some games, I think. But I think Richarlison, I don't know, I, I don't know whether he's, Has he put beef on since last year? looks. I know. When he always him as like a sort of Svelte winger last year. <laughs> know, what? What for? But he looked like he looked like the bill for a number oh, nine yeah. on uh, been eating his Brazilian you know. He look. Why is he twenty one? Is he? Yeah, like for, He's. he's He's not a massive unit, but he's not hes not somebody who look like he, he's slim and can be knocked off the ball. He's actually, he, you know, Wes Morgan got, fouled him, didn't he? His first foul was really just sort of shrugged him off on, mm. uh, on on Saturday. And I, and I think he has, as well as the movements and pace, he has got like the sort of build for a, mm. a modern number nine, which is, which is good to see. He almost mm.
0: is, and look, I'm not comparing the two, but he almost is, is operating how he did on Saturday in a way that West Ham have utilised Arnautovic. Yeah, Because Arnautovic isn't traditionally seen as an out-and-out center forward, is he? But he seems to be doing a hell of a well, job
3: and Yeah, Arnautovic's got a bit more about him on the ball, hasn't he, I think. But but in terms of, yeah, playing a coming wide and moving inside, I think a similar, similar side thing. And he can still move outside. I mean, that's what we did as well. He still moved outside and mm. created space in the middle. So, yeah, just no complaints from me about Saturday in terms of that area of the pitch anyway, you know.
1: I think what, what was interesting for me is that it was much less of an individual performance for me for Richarlison. Like uh, he played really well, don't get me wrong, but I think it was the way that he let that from four gel together, that kind of fluidity between them. That just wouldn't have happened with, with Towson. Like Richarlison was so smart whenever he was making a run, whether it was through the middle or down one of the channels, it was always for a reason. And it was always to help out either Sigurdsson, Walcott or Bernard to, to do what they were doing. And, the way the way he put up that physical battle with Morgan and Maguire, like to, I'd say two, probably two of the strongest in terms of physicality centre backs in the Premier League, he absolutely bullied Wes Morgan through, throughout that game. Like I'm, I'm not quite sure I've up who else saying Wes Morgan shouldn't have got sent off because it's ridiculous. He could have got sent off about ten minutes before he actually did. Like he, he just frustrated them so much to the point where Morgan was just diving in to try try and nick the ball in any way possible. And, you know, that, that, like that, kind of, that kind of really clever attack on play is something that I don't think Tosin, Calvert-Lewin or Nias have shown me so far this season.
0: Go on then, Paul. Come to you first. Put yourself in... We've talked about, about Tosin. To put yourself in the shoes of Calvert-Lewin and Niasse, are you sat there thinking, I could have done that? Or are you thinking, crikey, mm, this manager wants something different. certainly away from home. I'm going to have to up my game here.
2: Yeah, I I said I think it's a bit of a damning indictment, isn't it, that you've got three what you would call traditional centre forwards, and they've all had a go at various points this season without ever any of them ever convincing. And that I've, he's had to go with Richardson because he was brought in. We thought at, at first as a winger, mm. uh, but the fact that what you guys are talking about there and the way you know he, he bullied the centre backs and stood up to the physical test of Maguire. And, uh, Morgan, I don't know if the other centre forwards have done that this season, to be fair. I, I always, I've always, the caveat with Calvert Lewin, I just think he was, he was thrown into a situation last season when he'd been playing reserve team football at Sheffield United. I, I almost anything he does at the moment is like a bonus for me because, uh, yeah. he, he's, he's raw. He still is raw. He probably could even probably do with a lone spell away kind of thing, but I think he's done brilliantly mm. for, 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 you know, the situation he's been put into. But no, I, I do think you're right there. It's, but he may have stumbled on something. Their poor form may have may have stumbled on something. Forced his hand. Yeah, and, and, and brought Bernard in.
0: The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Um yeah. Gav, just sorry, mate, just think just picking up what Paul said there, do you think that we give Calvert Lewin um undue criticism, if you like? Does he deserve a bit of leniency because of his sort of rapid rise into into sort of very regular first team pitcher. and you know he he's still a young man. Or, or do you think actually it's it's fair game, and, and, and any sort of criticism, regardless of your age, you are a first team player, and and you're open to to it all.
3: This 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 uh, reminds me of the conversation we had developing academy players and mm. young players a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? Was that the thing is now is ideally you would like you would like to give an opportunity for somebody for eighteen months in the first team to give that you know, if you thought they were good enough to give them eighteen months in the first team to develop and of you the know, of nineteen twenty to twenty two. Uh and knowing full well that if they do that, then at the end of that, you know, you'd be a fully rounded Premier League player. And I just don't think you know, when we discussed it the other week, didn't we, that managers have got that that time now unless they're very, very, uh, very lucky and got great players surrounding them. And I think Calvert Lewin and, and Tom Davis both fall into that category. I know Tom has been around a bit, but I, I, I think uh, I think it's fair to criticise them if they're on the pitch. But I think that should be a balance with the fact that actually they're still developing as players. Um, and I think the problem with Dominic now is he's, he's, he's all of a sudden he's, he's sort of downy pecking order, isn't he? On, and, then, I g- think, g- and I think Paul said about like a loan move might be, Yeah. for this wider development as a footballer, be, might be, I, might be mm-hmm. better for him. Go on, and give me the pecking
0: order then, as it stands. Include Walcott in that. Well, but as, right? as a striker? Yeah, as Everton's number nine, give me the pecking order and then you include well, I, Walcott.
3: Okay, I think... Uh, Richarlison will be... has made the case, hasn't mm-hmm. he? Quite obviously. I mean, I'd like to see him against more pace, yeah. Clever sense center I think. wasn't. Harry Maguire for all his abilities, maybe not the fastest in the parish. Uh, but as it stands at the moment, from what you've seen so far this season, Richarlison. Yeah. Purely because that gives you options on the left as well. There yeah. as well, not, not only that, you know. Uh, Tosin. Um. Lewin Um. <laughs> For you might have to this, he's probably one of the best on the list. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you'd have to you'd have to say the wild card is Walcott before Nias. to be honest with you. Yeah. Who might
0: has fifth? I'd say, oh, yeah. Right, yeah,
3: yeah. I didn't but,
1: agree. Sorry, Gav. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, I genuinely, I, I'd go exactly the same as Gav. I think Cal, Calvert-Lewin's third because he's scored three goals this season, regardless. Uh, Walcott, as I said before, has shown me some great finishing ability from... Those central positions, which I don't think Nias has really done so far this season. So, yeah, unfortunately, I'd have to put him bottom of the peck and order as well.
3: Yeah, Umar, Umar, you know, we know Umar's role in the team, ideally, whilst the club is. It's not starting as striker, as it, it? It's yeah. coming on when you need a little bit of energy, somebody to pull a rabbit out of the hat when you need it. And we want to go and, two up front, maybe. Yeah and, yeah, and something like that. That's That's what his role in the team is, as long as he's at the club. His role in the team is, as we know, his we know his limitations. Is not sticking them at number nine every every game, unless you've got three or four injuries.
0: Paul, any issue with with that five in the order? The lads have uh, put it in.
2: No, not really. But to to kind of continue what Gav was saying there, long term, I'd have Calvert Lewin above him any day of the week because hopefully he's got a future at the club. I'm never too bothered when I see any ass on the bench because invariably he'll come on and make something happen. You know, it probably doesn't mean to, you but don't know <laughs> you don't. Yeah. Yeah. it's like the Southampton game. He was like he got brought on at half time, didn't he? I think if I remember rightly. And he was kind of lambasted for it a bit. Like, you know, there was a fair few moans in the crowd where I was at the, on that night. There was one but moment where he absolutely he pelted it down the, the wing, wing. wasn't <laughs> It unbelievable crossing, but then he sets up the goal for Walcott. Yes. I, he, he's not pretty. <laughs> he's not like technically perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I always feel like chasing a lost cause. He might, he might just yeah. do something. something might happen. And I'm, I'm never too forced to have seen him on the bench, to be honest. Yeah.
0: How long does Nias put up with that, though? I know he's now working for a manager who has shown faith in him before. Good point. And has believed in him and and made publicly in the summer said to to us um, on the touchline at Berry, as it was, yes, of course he's in the squad, why wouldn't he not be? But how long does Umar accept not even being guaranteed a place in the the match day 18?
3: Yeah. Well, I think the January transfer window may see a bit of movement. I think. Not just with Umar, I think we be said in the summer didn't we that though we had a i think we had a really good transfer window that the two areas the two roles that are sort of still still sort of like need you know, standing is is up front and like sort of in that box to box midfielder role. I'd still argue we need another defensive midfielder, but I think those two are the key roles and and I see there being movement in in our striking. You know, uh, positions in so, January. So to
0: say, we did hypothetically sell Nias. Would you therefore say the four, the other four options that we spoke about would be ample, or no? If we if we lose Umar, we'd have to bring somebody
3: else in. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a bit of movement, to, but not just Nias. To be honest with you, I think you know we spoke about Carver Lewin. You know, maybe a low move would be better for his development. You know, you, you don't know, do you? but if he, if you brought, we we brought one or somebody else in. I mean, we know the January transfer market, you know, you know, we are copyrighted to say that. Mm. If you brought somebody else in, then I think there'd be probably two players, i.e., Calvert, Lewin, and Nias, maybe you would be saying that have better opportunities on loan and permanent move from here, to be honest with you. Because mm. the Charles and the Tosin are both to, with Walcott, third option, and bring somebody else in fourth, all of a sudden you may be fifth or sixth on the list there. Who wants to be that?
0: Thoughts on that? Do you think? Do you think January is the time to shuffle the pack?
1: Yeah, I think. I think potentially, especially, especially in terms of Nias, there's still going to be a lot of interest in him on the continent. Because at the end of the day, like, he did he did show his best form under Silver and Silver. Silver's shown everyone what he can do if he does have if he does have belief in him and a clear run at the team. Problem is, like, it's very different performing for a whole side fighting relegation and in this Everton team to like with the ambitions of where we want to be as, as much as a love his attitude as a player. He's, he's just not good enough for where, for where we want to progress to at the end of the day. He's, I, I agree that he's a, a good option to have at times off the bench. You know, you, you know, you're going to get hundred percent effort off him regardless. And he, he does have the ability to conjure something absolutely mental out of nowhere. But, <sighs> We've got to be looking to progress from there. And I think perhaps some sort of move in January, whether it is on on loan or or permanently, I think that's that's probably the best solution for him.
0: Interesting stuff on the ass. Although one thing I've uh, learned doing this job is you never write off <laughs> <laughs> So let's see it's what true. happens with uh, yeah. Moving on, uh, just before we came in to record uh, today's Royal Blue podcast, uh, we put a story up on our website, the Premier League and Opta, have decided that Bernard's assists at Leicester City does not count that Kasper Schmeichel's touch was significant enough for it not to be deemed an assist for the Brazilian.
1: <laughs> Willow's Wheelou, just learned this news just there, and his well, face well, his well, 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 was amazing. Give
0: me, uh, give me your reaction. And anybody who didn't see Paul's face, it was one of uh, disbelief. <laughs> no,
2: I generally can't believe that. I had the headphones on looking at some uh, YouTube tutorial videos about podcasts. i so <laughs> completely <laughs> missed it, sorry. Uh, I, I can't believe that. I just can't believe it. Because Schmeichel touched the ball in a yes, different direction. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. But surely the fact that he's turned two Leicester players inside out and put the ball into that area where Richarlison was or to the back post suggests that it's uh, an assist. Like, they give goals for deflections. Don't (laughs) need that take a a minor deflection. Yeah, I'm shocked by that. I I I
1: just don't think that touch from... For for me, that touch from Schmeichel is not significant enough. Like, you're not telling me that ball's not going to Richarlison if Schmeichel misses that ball. Like, Richarlison's still there. He's still got a chance to score at least just give him the assist come on do us all a favour
0: Yeah, don't fret your fantasy Premier League points however uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the discretion of the Premier League says that that is an assist uh, in the uh, alternative reality should we say yeah. um, but you've got a slightly different viewpoint yeah. on whether we should be in up in arms about this or... don't don't care
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, I, think uh, I think I'm stuck in the 1970s on this I'm not sure what we share to me what really like. it's just uh, I do assist is one of them things. Is why? why? What was the, you know, and they started having goals and assists together now and it's like apples and pears. I mean, kate has got an assist, hasn't he, for the pass. To, yeah. Brilliant uh, assist. What could, okay, a Perfect yeah, pass. You know what I mean? It, again, it's like the, the why that you've assisted in football. People, try, it's a, the Americanisation of, if there's such a phrase, of, mm. of, of football. And to me, it means nothing. To to have an assist, someone has got to score a goal. But it's,
1: it's tracking the contribution, isn't it, to, to those yeah, goals?
3: But but, 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 Okay, but I've not got a problem with that, but there's so many different types of assist. They're not, you're not talking equally high, you know what I mean? And I think, say say for example, on Saturday, Bernard had done that, done that guy, beat two men, crossed it. michael hadn't intervened at this point. Kurt Zoum was at the far post. He does exactly the same pass as you, what he did on Saturday to, to Sigurdsson mm. and Vicarlison tutored today, <laughs> Zuma gets the assist, yes. but all the donkey work was done by Bernard, wasn't it? You know what I mean? And, and I think the whole thing is just complete nuts and nonsense. It should stop as far as I'm concerned. But before I go on a, another rant about football. <laughs> Gav
1: the statsman yeah, says I don't, assists I don't like it. should be
3: gone. I don't, I don't like, I mean, I think, um, and no one said not gone, but I think far too much emphasis is placed on them. When he says, now have got nine goals and three assists this season. Yeah. And so what? Like, give me the nine goals. So just seven. to fully
0: understand what you're getting at there, like, Gav, are you saying that in six weeks' time when Marco's trying to assess his lineup for, I don't know, whatever game it is, Brighton at home, and he goes, Bernard, uh, two goals, Ooh, he's only got five assists. If it was six, I'd pick him. Are you, are you <laughs> saying it doesn't make a jot of difference? No, it doesn't make a lot of difference. He it, it, he'd, he'd be looking
3: at somebody's performance over 90 yes. minutes. Okay. And... and Like a lot of football statistics, they're just is all right, but a lot of it's just meaningless, you know. I haven't got a clue what, like, it's harsh on Bernard, though, isn't it? But we can just value his contribution,
1: but he'll he'll value he'll he'll, value that assist,
3: yeah, that's what I mean. But it'll mean something to him, it doesn't have to be quantifiable in statistics, does it? We just know he did a great, great bit of work. And as I say, it's it's a it's a daft thing in terms of like if if Zoom Zoom being the far post and knocked the back, he'd have got the assist where. You know, Bernard had done all the uh, the donkey work. I sound very archaic, don't here, don- don't I? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't like calling it donkey work. That- <laughs> like that's donkey. another seventies uh, phrase. I've never yeah, seen a donkey I- like go past yeah, a yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but uh, Look, you know, assists
1: don't win games; goals do.
3: And that, that's it. I, I just it's uh, one of those blind spots of the modern game that uh, bypass me. I think you know.
0: Fair dues. Uh Moving on. Well, looking back, first of all, eight games uh, of the Michael Silva Premier League era, 12 points, three wins. Um, Adam, as we, you know, trudge through another international break, are you sat here content with the return of points after eight games? Happy? Disappointed?
1: Yeah, I think it's a lot more promising than the last international break we went into. I think it, that was just after a draw with Huddersfield here? at home. God. That 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 was that was a really grim performance, wasn't it? Like, I think I think the fact that we've now managed to secure back-to-back wins for the first time in the Premier League was crucial. Like, especially after we like, those already mentioned that disappointing game in midweek and we won't dwell on that too much. But I think in terms of the Premier League, I think yeah, I'm I'm, I'm pretty content. Only only lost twice so far this season. You know, yeah, could, could have done better. Probably should have done better. You know. Games like the Bournemouth game, the Wolves game, but you know that I, I find that that always seems to happen at the start of the season, and especially with a, a new squad, new new manager, new director of football. Like, so there's such a long process for us to go on. Twelve twelve points from eight games—that's a sort a solid solid base to work off. And I think there's a, there's a lot of room for progression. And I think Silver still knows that. Like, we're not getting carried away with the fact that we've just won two matches. So yeah, I think I think it's nice to see, and I'm 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 optimistic for the next run of games.
0: Paul, you you said <laughs> right at the start of the podcast, look, it's early days, and you're absolutely right, and, and and nobody wants to get carried away. But in terms of beating Leicester at the King Power, in, t- in terms of early kind of mark, you know, lines in the sand, you know, markers, and and, and I not say statements because it's a bit strong, but. Just in terms of a reminder of what potential, do you think you you know that's a victory that make people stand up and go? i on a minute, they've gone to Leicester there and turned them over and actually played well by all accounts.
2: Yeah, I agree totally. I think Leicester are a decent side, and it's one of those off the top of my head. I can't remember the last time we won there.
0: Coomans-
2: oh, was it The Car- yeah, Car- yeah. Boxing Le Car- Day was it? Oh yes.
3: That's the only one in twenty years, though. So, so you're right. We've had it early so there. So yeah, I,
2: yeah. I get this ring as an Evertonian and I probably say it before, I probably bore people when I talk about like that mentality thing, like we knew we'd lose at home to West Ham mm-hmm. because they were bottom of the league and the, 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 Adam, the Adam won. <laughs> so like a given, <laughs> yeah. Arsenal would go there and play well and lose. Leicester, part of me, like the the cynic in, in me on Saturday was thinking, oh well, the momentum in the week, what the, the negative momentum in the yes. week from Southampton will go there and lose again. We'll all be miserable for two weeks and completely flip the script on that. So, from a mentality point of view, I was really impressed because, and then I started to think maybe I'd been a bit harsh with like what I'd been saying to him, like when we were on a pod last week and to me dad and friends and about what happened in Southampton because you, you, if you look at it since West Ham, gone to Arsenal, defeat unfortunately, but but played pretty well. Fulham was a p- bit bitty, wasn't it, the first half, but the second half was really good and then on Saturday, you know uh, the performance sounds like I wasn't there. I've only watched the highlights on on the game. It it sounded it was good throughout throughout the match. So in the actual last three Premier League games, there does seem to be uh,
3: real progression there.
0: Gav, yeah, I'm going to read you the fixtures for the next eight games.
3: This is frightening, is it? Yeah. Uh, well, the away, the away ones yeah, are. Yeah, this yeah. is you to decide.
1: All <laughs> no, right, is it's
0: okay. To yeah. Judge, jury and executioner on the yeah. next eight games. Palace at home, United away, Brighton at home, Chelsea away, Cardiff at home, Liverpool away. Newcastle at home and then Watford at home.
3: Yeah. So, <laughs> yep. yeah. so there's three away games. games. Three, there's three obviously man, that yeah, way games. But, United, Chelsea but Liverpool. the home games are well you know the home games are winnable. Um, you didn't say that with a great deal of conviction. Well because some of our home form's been patchy, hasn't it? Well, yeah. That back but to
0: if, if, my point about are we better suited away from home. Yeah. yeah.
3: But you make, you play it. Yeah. Like we did on well, we did at Arsenal to a degree. Some of them away fixes at Chelsea and they'll be tough. Yes, I, I agree. What Paul, Paul's saying there, I think, you, I think the key to these eight games is like the eight games that we just had is I said. I've said I've now all season that I want to see like sh- signs of an improvement throughout the campaign, so we're far better placed at the end than what we had at the start. So if you're asking me now. Be far better placed after eight games, what we were after two games. I would say yes. If when if the game at Arsenal and Leicester are the sort of benchmarks of the sort of attack and threat that we can pose, especially away from home. But I think defensively the signs that were sort of tightening up that we weren't necessarily the case Regular the first game. Yeah, yeah, the first three games of the season. So on that basis alone, I'm far more confident going into them game eight games now than what I would have been if they'd been our first eight games of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, because we've been shown at Arsenal and at Leicester that we do pose a threat on the road against a bigger team, yeah. uh, and I think we maybe a bit more be- better defensively than what we were in August, and I can see us picking up more. Strange enough, maybe more points in those eight games than we have done in the. In the first eight games, maybe let's face we've got 12, should have 16, shouldn't we? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that's your, the, the only downside in terms of the league form, should really have 16. Yeah, so I I, yeah. I think those games, I can see us getting 14 points in those eight games. Certainly
0: not, not a great deal to fear of, obviously, no. obviously, the usual Anfield nonsense, obviously, but mm.
3: yeah, but we've shown if he, you know, if, if we, we've got people, I think maybe it's the first time for a while, who, 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 who people have a look at some of our players, thinking, you know, Bernard is going to be difficult for him. I think people will get onto him now. Won't they? able the so to look how after many, him. You know,
0: non-Evertonians have said to you after the weekend, "Hey, that Bernard's a good player." Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah.
3: But he's come to English football, okay? Reasonably well-known player, internationally, World Cup semi-final. But there'll be a few teams now be saying, "Well, actually, we can sort of double up on him or something yeah. when he's got the ball," which presents another challenge but then presents other opportunities for other players mm-hmm. it, and we can maybe take the advances of that but I think against big teams away from home with that sort of line up that we've got up front I think hopefully we can show a little bit more purpose up top than what we have done over the last sort of 15 years <laughs> yeah. even really yeah. on, on the bigger grounds maybe we've not really threatened apart mm. from the old game and so I'll be what I've seen so far, if you carry on the performances over the last fortnight in the league, I can see he was getting a good, good return in those eight games while still progressing as a unit. I've still got two players to come in, perhaps. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, excellent. We will leave it there. Thank you very much, chaps. Appreciate your time for this week's edition of the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. Uh, just a reminder to review, rate, and subscribe to us. You can do that through iTunes, uh, comment below, and also on the Acast app as well. So please. All your feedback is welcome. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll, we'll be back around the table later this week, but thanks very much for your time and listening to the Royal Blue Podcast in association with Sport Pacer. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.